If you want to take more control of your career or create your own position in your existing company, there's no way around it. You're going to have to have some awkward conversations with your boss. But what if a few well-planned, uncomfortable conversations could lead you to everything that you wanted out of your work, along with your boss's stamp of approval? Wouldn't it be worth it then? My guess is absolutely. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Now, if you haven't guessed, I'm not Scott. My name is Josh, and I am working with Scott behind the scenes on the podcast. I show up every once in a while here on the front end. So today, Scott's going to be talking with Jason Bullman. Yesterday, we shared Jason's story from the last time that he was on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, it would definitely be helpful to be able to help fill in more of Jason's story. Now, it's been two years since Jason took up his new role, and of course, since he's been on the podcast, and since then, his company has acquired over 15 new businesses, and he has been lucky enough to be involved in making sure that they have what they need from a system perspective. One of the greatest lessons that he's learned is that as things keep changing, he has to keep up with that at all costs. Now, when Jason brought up the conversation about the new position, he confessed how intimidating it was and that he was ready for the worst case scenario. But as Jason and Scott start this conversation, he goes back real quickly to reflect over his situation and where he was on the podcast last time. Well, you and I got to chat a little bit before we hit the record button and before we got going. And you have, you've hit some pretty big milestones. You have a newer baby as well, right? I do. Yeah. The uh, time recording coming up on seven month old son, and it's been uh, a lot of fun the last seven months. Okay. So what, I'm super curious, new parent, what surprised you about being a parent that you did not, did not anticipate? Ooh, that's a good question. I think just how much they grow, you know, just all the milestones that happen as soon as he masters one, it's, it's on to the next. And, and I'm only seven months in. I can't imagine what the next you know, <laughs> 17 and a half years are going to be like. But uh, it's just continually growing and, and developing and learning new skill sets. That's been a, a joy to, to watch and a joy to kind of grow as a father alongside him. That's super cool. And it does keep happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, official congratulations. The on-air congratulations, if you will. Thank you. Thank you. And I am really excited for this conversation. I know I mentioned that even before we hit the record button. However, for everybody else listening, catch us up. Let's go back for a little bit here and just describe a little bit about what your initial change was within within your organization and what you were working on and what you wanted at the time. Let's go back there for just a couple of minutes. Sure. Yeah. So as I was making the transition, I was leading a group of consultants at a company. So I was in a management position. 
I was working on a software solution, so it was still very technical. And I don't know how far back you want to go, but in college, I studied engineering. So the, the technical piece was, was really kind of nice. I was working with clients, uh, which also tied into a master's in education that I had. And I was leading a, a team of 11 people. Uh, so I, w- I got some management experience that I had always kind of strived for. So on paper, it was exactly the job that I would have crafted for myself. It had all the components that I thought were important to me, but I kind of looked up one day and realized that it doesn't feel right, that this isn't where I want to be. Something isn't where it needs to be. And uh, I kind of had gotten to a point where I had spent too much time kind of in my own head and talking with my closest friends and family. And and my wife kind of gave me a kick in the pants that I need to go and work with a, a business coach. And then working through a coach from happened to your career, identified some things I needed to change. So I was able to move into a new position within the same company, same department, but instead of leading a consulting team, I took over our offerings of how we were selling the services and looking over education of the trainings that we do for our clients. Why did that feel like a better fit to you at the time? What were some of the differences if we're looking back? Mm -hmm. This is almost two years ago at this point, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, part of it was, you know, personnel as part of moving to this new role, I changed who I reported to, which was a big portion of it. But I also got to really look at not just delivering on the things that had already been kind of put into a contract and just kind of making sure the machine was still running. I really got to take a step back and look at the bigger picture and help craft some of, of how are we putting the machine together, so to speak, and, and looking at you know, the way that we're pricing this offering isn't working. Let's tweak it. Uh, this one's not working anymore. Let's just stop selling it. Here's uh, one that we keep hearing complaints of, of something that we need. Let's go ahead and create a new offering. So it was, it was getting a chance to get out of just running the organization and get a chance to kind of craft how it works. Why was that such a big deal for you? That whole mm-hmm. idea of crafting how it works, if you will. Sure. Well, yeah, as part of, you know, working through my time with with Lisa Lewis, right, as my coach, she kind of helped me identify that I have a bit of an entrepreneurial bug in me. So getting a chance to kind of not just be the frontline manager and, and get a chance to look at kind of how the mechanics work behind the business uh, was definitely appealing with the idea of eventually branching out and running my own organization. So that definitely was a big piece of it. Yeah, and I think it also in part goes back to kind of the tie-in with my engineering education background, being able to kind of take things apart and put them back together. So it was really kind of twofold there for sure. Okay. So that whole entrepreneurial bug, I know that we talked a little bit about that briefly when we had you on the first time, but it sounds like you've been able to nurture that a little bit in what was a new role at the time for you. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into let's get into what's happened since then. Have you been able to nurture that anyplace else? Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot that's changed in the in the last two years. So much has changed, Jason. Oh, so yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But and even within the role that I'm in now, it has kind of morphed even further. Over the last two years, our company has acquired over fifteen different businesses. Wow. So I've, I've gotten involved in uh, some of the merger acquisition 
pieces, not so much before the deal, right, of due diligence and any of, of that type of work, but after we've bought the company, looking at how do they run their professional services operations, kind of aligning it with what we do, making sure that they have what they need from a systems perspective. So that's been a really exciting piece that I've been able to work on with many of those 15 acquired companies. And then as a result, so my role has kind of transformed less so much looking at the offerings that we're selling and more looking at the operations of the departments uh, and, and helping to one, set the standard, and two, make sure that the new people coming in are, are working towards that standards. That was something that maybe two years ago I didn't necessarily know that I wanted, but yeah, as I've been going through, it's something that I definitely enjoy, uh, and, and I'm glad that I've been able to get that opportunity in my role kind of transforming into this operations. That is That is very cool. Where else have you been able to satisfy that entrepreneurial bug? I did do some kind of testing. I kind of played out being a coach myself with uh, with some people that I, I knew, and it didn't quite fulfill me in the way that I, I was envisioning, but probably even more so as, as I, I did a lot of networking with other like-minded you know, people that are in a job that have entrepreneurial aspirations and, and got into a, a mastermind group through a mutual friend. So I've been part of that probably for the last year and a half now. And what's really interesting is as I was meeting more entrepreneurial-minded people, people that had started their own businesses that were kind of do, you know, running things, I realized that you know, entrepreneurs are a unique breed. That you know, They're very much, I see everything as an opportunity. They're nonstop full of ideas and you know, things that they want to start and you know, just dive in and take action. And I realized in talking with them that I had some of that, but I'm a lot more analytical. I like to think things through. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a million ideas kind of coming to me all the time. And I realized that I'm more of the kind of the integrator, uh, right? Working alongside a visionary to help, you know, take these, you know, hundred different ideas of what the business could be and breaking it down into, okay, what are we specifically going to take action on? So not only was my role transforming at work, it was kind of simultaneously as I was self-identifying that I'm probably more of a, a, a better number two running kind of the operations behind the scenes of a new business as opposed to kind of just going out and doing it all on my own. That's super cool. And you mentioned this concept of designing small experiment. And that's definitely something we've talked about quite a bit on the Happen to Your Career podcast. And actually, if you want to hear an entire episode on our, our concepts for designing experiments, you can actually go to Google, search Happen to Your Career, designing experiments, and it'll pop right up, including the podcast episode. But for you, it sounds like that was pretty interesting, but also critical in allowing you to arrive to some of those conclusions that hey, maybe I'm not meant to be necessarily the visionary type portion of it. And when you say entrepreneurial, there's some very specific things that you mean and are associated with that now. And it sounds like had you not done a little bit of that experimentation, you wouldn't have had that type of feedback to be able to come to those conclusions. Am I getting that right, first of all? And then I'm curious what else you learned from that. Yeah, no, I I think you're right on with that. It's uh in part, right, I had kind of in my my head what being an entrepreneurial you know person meant. And I think as as I've been going on this journey, I'm realizing it doesn't necessarily have to be the same for every person. There are you know the people that you know have started numbers of businesses in their in their lifetime, right? Grow and sell, or you know maybe it doesn't work out and they start a new thing. You know they do have 
uh, a certain type of characteristic, but that doesn't mean that that's the only type of people that can get into business ownership and can be an entrepreneur. So I'm continuing to learn and see how I fit into that realm, even though I'm realizing that I'm more of the operations person as opposed to kind of a, a traditional founder that you might, that, or at least that I thought of uh, up to this point. Yeah. So with that transition two years ago, where you shifted into a completely different role, but still within the same organization, and it sounds like even even you know similar section of the company, what do, what do you feel like was the biggest thing that you learned during that transition? The biggest thing I learned was just how much things just keep changing. Uh, you know, in part, right, we acquired a lot of companies, but it's, you know, as I went into that role, I really was excited to work on the offerings of, you know, how we sell our consulting services. But, you know, what I learned as I went through that is that really it was more the training piece that our senior leadership was looking to really grow. The, the yeah. consulting arm was doing pretty well. And yeah, we could tweak offerings and there's some new th- new opportunities that are out there. But training had really been something that hadn't been, you know, being successful. And so I, I ended up having to put a lot more of my time towards that than the offering piece. And so, right, it just kind of goes to show that uh, businesses, are, you know, grow and evolve and, and change. And the market kind of dictates how things turnout. And so as we were working on improving the, the trainings, uh, we were finding that a lot of clients really wanted small, quick hits, uh, free trainings that give them just the simple stuff. They didn't, they weren't looking to, you know, buy full day training courses to cover everything A to Z. And so we, we continually had to keep kind of tweaking what we we're putting together to meet what the clients were asking for. That's interesting. How have you seen that set of learnings then impact both your work and as well as anything you have done outside of that role over the last two years? It's a good question. I, mean, I think it's still lessons that I'm, I'm learning. As I look, you know, branching out on my own, you know, partnering as kind of an operations person, you know, that you can't come up with a product offering kind of in a vacuum. You, you need to <laughs> really get a good handle on what people are asking for. And probably even more importantly is what they're willing to, to pay for. Because even if they tell you that this is exactly what I want and you put it together, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to pay you for it. This is, <laughs> I feel like this is the lesson that anybody that's affiliated with any kind of business or marketing or sales or product development, <laughs> all of those touch this exact area. Um I myself have had to learn this lesson multiple times. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. to hear that you're getting to learn it and have been learning it on an ongoing basis over the last two years. What do you think, a totally different question for you, but you know, I was just thinking about your transition and I think that what you did, and if you want to listen to his past episode so that you have the context, definitely go back and listen to that. We were playing it right before this in your podcast feed as well, but go back and listen to it because I think you did a really nice job. One, clarifying more about what you wanted. And I know, you know, that's part of the reason we got to sit front row is we were working with you on, on that. But then you went and had what can be some you know, more, more difficult conversations for some people in the world to be able to express how you wanted something different or were interested in, you know, taking on different types of projects. And then that evolved into a new opportunity. One, am I remembering that correctly? It's been a long time since we had that that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then two, my question from that is, 
as you were doing that, what really helped you to navigate through that? Because it wasn't a one and done type process. It was an ongoing thing that kept evolving, if I understood correctly. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, sitting here now trying to think back because I, I feel like I've had uh, numerous kind of similar type of conversations yeah. know, since then, uh, you know, maybe to a lesser degree, but, you know, because I had that first conversation, you know, it's been easier to bring up, hey, here's where I see I can add a lot of value in kind of the acquisition front. And hey, I'm starting to realize that I like this operation stuff. Can I, you know, take on more of those types of things? But, you know, I'm remembering back two years ago when I went in and said, hey, I, this role isn't for me. I'm looking to make a change. It was really scary. I was mentally preparing that they were going to, you know, show me to the door and, and that was going to be my the end of my career uh, at the company. Tarring and feathering and the whole exactly. works. Here's your exactly. box thrown out on the curb. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was very intimidating. And it, you know, so I think part of it was I had to think through the worst case scenario and realize that worst case, I would be okay. I would leave the company. I would go figure out something else to do and, and it, it would be, it would be fine. It might not be my ideal, but it would be okay. I think the other part of it, as I was going in the conversation is I was thinking about what was best for me, but I was also framing it in value add to the company as well. You know, I, I came from a, a standpoint of, I'm trying to be very transparent. I also picked that timing because we were looking at kind of year end evaluations and they were determining raises and bonuses. You know, I came in and said that I wanted to make it known that I wasn't leaving immediately, but I probably wasn't going to be here, at least in this role long term. And if they wanted to kind of reallocate some funds around that, they could do that. And I think coming from a place of value add and looking at the big picture and what's best for the company, as well as yourself, made that a much easier conversation. And then on the back end, I was just 100% ready that if they showed me the door, that it would be painful and it would be hard, but I would be okay. I'm thinking about that. And I've been in that exact situation and it, it is hard, <laughs> but I, I think that's something else that we all know to be true is that, you know, when we can come up with those worst case scenarios, rarely does the worst case scenario actually happen. I would say that from all of the conversations that I have ever been a part of or been a witness to or been on the receiving end of or being, been on the opposite end of whatever uh, experience, almost all of them turn out way better than what people imagine they will be, as long as they're doing what you said, which is going into it, trying to look at how to make this a win-win. How can this be not just good for me, but also good for the company? And how can I approach it in that partnership type mentality? So one, really nice job doing that because it's easy to sit here you know, two years later on a podcast and say that. It's much more difficult to actually do that in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm curious about something that you said. You said, hey, since then, since I've had that initial conversation or set of conversations, it's been much easier to bring up the same type of topic. And it sounds like part of what you meant was um, continuing to structure or you know create your your career path or evolve your position. Or you tell me what you what you meant by that when you were saying it. But also, what's made it easier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right as I mentioned. You know business evolves, you know, I'm learning more about myself and kind of what I, I envision my you know, career being, you know, I keep seeing little tweaks and little room for improvements and projects that I'd like to get more involved in or, or projects that, you know, I, I'm doing, but really aren't in my, my strength zone. And it's 
all those types of conversations of trying to take on more work that's interesting and the things that you're doing that aren't exciting that you know might not be as important. Are there other people or other ways that we can get that done to free up more of your time? Uh, so th- those have been kind of the, the types of conversations I've been having. I think is why it's been easier. I think first because I myself went through that first conversation and it turned out way better than I had expected. So there's a little bit less fear every other time I, I go in. Yeah. And I also think, right, the organization, since I basically came in and said, hey, I'm leaving, but I don't know when yet, and they've kept me around, I think that they know that whenever I come and I say, hey, I want to take on this thing, I'm not being selfish. I, I really see opportunity for improvement. So I think it, it gave me a little bit of you know, benefit of the doubt by you know, really coming from from that value early on. That's so interesting, especially since any time not any time, but a lot of the times when we talk about these types of difficult conversations that you might have with a boss or uh, you know, boss's boss or anybody who has influence in you know, whether maybe you stay or go or hey, has some kind of power or authority, there is that trepidation or is that fear there. And we do jump to those worst case scenarios. But what I'm hearing you say is that from your experience, you you know, having that initial conversation has led to a lot of, I would say, far-reaching impacts as well, because now <laughs> not only is it easier for you because you've done it, you've you know gotten the t-shirt, been there, practiced, and you know, feel more confident about it, it sounds like, but then too, something else that it sounds like maybe you didn't anticipate is they consider when you come and have a conversation, it sounds like your words carry more weight now as well, because they know what is what is behind them. Uh, and I'm guessing probably a higher level of credibility too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny, as you're, as you're saying that, it, I realize that it does happen. And I don't know that it's necessarily that I think that I'm smarter or better than, than anyone else. It's, it's just, uh, I, you know, I keep showing up and trying to figure out what's best for the business. And I, I think that's what, you know, then takes what I say with, you know, it seems to have a little bit more clout. I, I love that. Um, so <laughs> give you some context for why I love that so much. Actually, there's a lot of different reasons, way more than we have time for within this conversation. But Jason, I get emails, I would say almost every day from people that are in a situation where they feel like they have bosses or companies that are taking advantage of them in one way or another. And well, that is true more than I would like to think about that does happen from time to time. But when I start digging in with these people or as my team has conversations with them, a lot of times we realize that there are behaviors there where they're allowing people to take advantage of them basically because they're saying, Hey, it's okay to treat me this way. And you know, whether that is simply, continually working past business hours many, 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 many days in a row. Maybe they haven't actually told them differently or anything else. But the reason that I I love the conversations that you've had so much is because part of what you did, whether you meant to or not, is you began drawing boundaries there and declaring what you actually wanted and needed in a way that was good for you and the organization. And that is something that really is difficult to do for all the reasons that we've talked about. But 
it paves the way to being able to continue to do so again and again and again and again. And this is the world's longest compliment ever, but, <laughs> but really, really, really nice job. So what, well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm curious, you know, since you've been there, done that, what advice would you give to people that might find themselves in that, that situation where they want to take more control of their career path, uh, or they want to have some of these more difficult conversations with their boss or boss's boss or whoever might have a vested interest there? Mm. Yeah, I would recommend starting small, right? My example is, right, I came in and said, you know, this role entirely is not for me and I'm going to make some sort of change, whether it's right a different role in the company or whether I leave the company entirely. But if you can pick a specific area, right, where it's, you know, maybe you want to work from home one day a week because you, there's a lot of distractions in the office and how can you frame if I work from home an afternoon, here's the results of where I got more work done. I, I was interrupted less. I, you know, I didn't have as many people stopping by and I was able to get the really important things done, right? Start with something small like that or whatever is your biggest pain point. And then just, just focus on, on that little ask where it's not this big, massive thing that you're going to have to change in your role. It's just one thing where maybe one day a week or one day a month, you don't have to fight with traffic you can get a little bit more done and you, and you kind of buy yourself a little bit of room where you don't feel like the company's taking advantage of you and then go back and show that by doing that, you were able to produce more and it's really helping the company out as well. I really like that idea of starting small. Then it's not so intimidating too. Like you were talking mm -hmm. about, Hey, I was, <laughs> I was super fearful about what was going to happen and imagining the worst case scenario as you went in and had that big conversation. But if that had happened over time and it already built up that credibility and relationship by asking for smaller things, then maybe who knows, maybe it wouldn't have been so intimidating in that way. So I love that advice. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like has been in your life, career or otherwise, over the last two years, the biggest place that you have learned to control or influence it in a way that you didn't before? Mm, that's an interesting question. I, I think similarly to what I was saying before, it's obviously still learning, right? I had been in a, uh, a management role, right? So I had people that reported directly to me and in some ways, that's almost kind of easier to influence because you can say, hey, this is what we need to do. Let's, let's make this the priority over that other thing. Uh, and the people that work for you will, will go ahead and do it. When you have your peers or even right, your boss or your boss's boss that you need to get action you know, taken care of for a project to be done, uh, it's a lot harder to influence. And so I think it's really uh, what I've learned so far is it framing out what you're trying to accomplish, how it's going to be a value add and trying to be as specific as you can of this is what I need and this is when I, I need it by. And then when they don't deliver, you know, because they're busy people, right, following up and, and not in a negative way, but how can I help? Is there anything I can do? Do, do you need additional information? Is there anyone else that can can also help with this. With this, that has been uh, somewhat helpful, although it it is still challenging to get busy people to get things done. So I'm still you know learning and, and growing in that area for sure. Amazing. Anything else that you want people to know? This is your open mic time, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if it's so much to know, but um, you know I, I mentioned right the entrepreneurial 
piece, one thing that hasn't kind of come up yet. So a mastermind that I was a part of, the guy that runs it was, was looking to kind of expand his business. And, and I've had the opportunity to partner with him and launch a online membership platform. Really? Um, cool. So pretty small group, but could we get together? It's it's other people that are identifying a business they might want to launch or, or just getting a business off the ground or have recently got it off the ground and kind of want to make sure that they keep it moving. And so I, I think maybe the lesson there is, right, there's probably a lot of people in your current network that you're already interacting with that can help you get to that next stage, uh, that can partner with you, uh, whether that's in your job, whether that's people you know outside of your business, whatever the case may be, I think there's more untapped potential in, in our our lives than what we realize. And I think if you really get clear on what you want and you tell people what you're looking to do, there will be things like the partnership that I was able to form out of the mastermind to go and start you know, working on the side and, and building up a, a membership platform um, that we then hope to kind of keep growing and, and turn into a, into a full business. Now, one of the things that really helped Jason was getting help from our team two years ago. So if you like to be able to get help like Jason did, the best way for you to do that is to send Scott an email. That's Scott at happentoyourcareer.com and then put conversation in the subject line. And this is the perfect time because right now we are accepting applications for our signature coaching program. And this is our custom high-end coaching opportunity that we offer a few times a year. And so we are making sure to be able to have that available to you, especially as a podcast listener. Definitely want you to be able to have that opportunity. So again, you can send Scott an email, Scott at Happened to Your Career, put conversation in the subject line so he can be able to find it easily. And we will definitely help you from there to be able to reach your career goals. Now, next week, we're going to be joined by one of our new coaches here at Happen to Your Career. If I had had more discipline, if I had had maybe more consistency or more of an achiever driving force um, in my strengths profile, maybe I would have been a, a concert pianist playing solo recitals. But I'm a collaborative pianist, so I love the energy of the moment. And that's where my strengths and my skills as a musician come together. Now, make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode with Jennifer. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to be able to hear her story of how she went through her changes and how she was able to identify her strengths as she was even in elementary school. Now with that, we're going to sign off for this week and we will talk to you in the next episode.